Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. We're so glad that you joined us this morning. With us today is Pastor Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. Thank you for having me. You're a member of the Reformation Alliance. Uh, yes. Why don't you yeah. tell us about the Reformation Alliance? The Reformation Alliance. <laughs> well, my understanding of it, as I've told other people, <laughs> is the uh, it's a, a a collection of Reformed churches here in the Treasure Valley with the common goal of spreading the gospel, God's kingdom, yeah. and recognizing that we are all branches of the true vine. That's right. Christ. And this year we're putting on, as the Reformation Alliance, we got to put on mm-hmm. our conference every year. Reformation Boise 2022 this year's O Church Arise. Dr. Joel Beakey, Dr. Derek Thomas. If you've not registered yet, go to reformationboise.com. You can register for free. All right. So the last couple of days. Real quick, do you want to introduce yourself and the other? Two? Well, I think we the missed it yesterday. On, the bumper on the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pastor Jonathan. Glad you're here. <laughs> Dayspring Reformed Church. It's good to be here. And I'm, I'm glad that Ryan's recognizing my presence I, in the room. I have lots of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes Josh doesn't even recognize our presence. I don't, even, I don't even introduce myself. I just start talking. And then Pastor Phil Moran from Christ Press. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good to be here, Josh. Yeah. Right, and you know, that's Josh Bales you know, from the well. Yeah, from from the well. And representing those uh, those four local churches here in the room, and recognizing there are many more in our Treasure Valley of local churches. But as Phil said yesterday, there is only one church, yeah. and this is the Church Universal. This is the Church Catholic, the church that uh, exists from um, you know through all ages. Um, the church that will be collected in heaven, mm-hmm. all the all the the assembly of of saints that have trusted in mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. That's the church universal. Amen. That's a really good segue. It is a really great segue. So many of our creeds and confessions speak about the church being one holy Catholic apostolic church. So let's kind of review what this means. Uh, what what do all of these attributes mean? One holy Catholic apostolic church. Well, uh, let's start with one. As I said on yesterday's show, I like to ask my congregation a question, and they all know the answer because I've been with them for over 30 years. I like to ask them, how many churches are there in in the Treasure Valley? Or how many churches are there in the state of Idaho? There's one. Mm -hmm. There is is one church. And it's all that belong to, to God through Jesus Christ. And obviously, uh, there are many local churches and, uh, you know, uh, different different styles of uh, church government, different different denominations and independent churches. 
but the church is united in Christ. We have one head, and we belong to him. So there is one church. All right, holy, the next one, one holy. Uh, what does the word holy mean in that in that phraseology? We kind of talked about it um, a couple days ago of the the word for church, you know, the, being called out, gathered, called together. The idea of holy being separated. As God is holy, he is separate. He is distinct. We've been called out of this world, its darkness, and we have been separated. We've been made holy and uh, uh, after him. Yeah. And I love that language in First Corinthians 6 where he goes through talking about how such were some of they, that such were some of they being drunkards and homosexuals and murderers, but you have been washed, you have been justified, mm-hmm. you have been sanctified, you have been made holy through the one once for all sacrifice of Christ. And, and uh, you know, he's this idea of being holy it also takes up language from the Old Testament. Was reminded again that it's not just a New Testament church. It is the church of all ages. In uh, in First Peter 2, verse 9, defining this church, it says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may pay, proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, so that, that idea of of holy comes from there. And he, he says, you also in this same chapter, he says, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Mm. I think it's an important distinction to make because we can hear the word holy and we think of, we just think of moral purity. Yeah. Um, and perfection. And that's not what the confession is saying. And that's not always what God means when he says that we're holy. It's a declaration that he has made where he has made us separate. Separated and he us has to himself. making us more like himself. He's making mm-hmm. us more holy. But in the end of the day, the church is filled with sinners saved by God's grace and still in need of God's grace so that we be more like Christ. Man, you are really gospel centric. I really appreciate (laughs) that about you. (laughs) If, if, if we have a thimble full of holiness in us, Mm -hmm. if we have one milligram of holiness in us, it's because of the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are not holy in and of ourselves. Uh, We are holy because of the grace of God. We're called to live separate lives, but but our holiness comes from Christ. He's the one who separated us to himself. Mm -hmm. He's the one that makes us instruments for his own good and glory. Amen. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, the next word, uh, Catholic. So we at our church, um, sure, you guys do the same thing, but we confess the Apostles' Creed on a somewhat regular basis. And that language of uh, I believe in the Holy Spirit, um, the one Catholic church. And I have to put a footnote at the bottom of the uh, thing to describe what we mean by Catholic. So what as Reformed folk, and, and I, I know non-Reformed folk would, would agree to the same kind of language once they know what it means, but what does that mean when we confess that we are the, part of the Catholic Church? Well, Catholic with a small c. There is a Roman Catholic Church, obviously, uh, with a capital C. It has an adjective and, in front of it. Yes. It's Roman Catholic. Roman Church. Catholic. 
And um, but the term Catholic, uh, small c in the Apostles' Creed, simply means worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that there is one church, one w- worldwide church. So I like to emphasize the the small c. Yeah, mm-hmm. we refer to the Catholicity of the church, this universal uh, oneness worldwide church. And in fact, I'm sure your footnote just says universal or yeah, something like yeah, that. You yeah. know, so so it, you know, it, the the confusion the confusion comes you know when with the Roman the church at Rome, you know, mm-hmm. the, the church with the Pope, the you know that. You know they have that title of of Catholic, um, but even them originally it meant one church. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> it meant yeah. And it, it meant a church with with its leadership in Rome. Yeah, um, but in in our in our context, we're talking about the church universal. Yeah. Okay. Last. Uh, Go ahead, quick, this was brought home to me when I was in high school. I went on a missions trip to Mexico. And that was really my first time ever leaving the United States. And so we were there over a couple Sundays when we went to church. And I was just struck with, here are my brothers and sisters in another country worshiping Mm -hmm. the same God. And so Uh it was my first experience really of that small That's a a really wonderful thing. I I experienced that in in Israel. Uh, We went to a a Messianic fellowship there, you know, a a group that believed in Jesus. It was a a church. But they had these little headphones all over. And so you're hearing maybe somebody speak in Hebrew or or maybe it's from another nation. It's really a collection of nations. You go there as pilgrims almost. And so everybody has this these headphones, and so the Germans were getting a translation, the French were getting a translation, wow. the English were getting a translation, and we were all worshiping mm. the the same God, hearing it in our own language. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, we certainly feel this idea of the Catholic Church whenever we go on conference, like you guys are talking about, we're on a mission, or whenever we hear about our persecuted brothers and sisters. I don't know if you guys have been following the news lately, but there's been a lot of persecution in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's always persecution in, in China and, and many of the Muslim nations. But our we ha- our bowels, we, we feel affection for these brothers yeah. and sisters in our bowels and in our very insides. Why? Because they they belong to the same body as we do. It's 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 reflexive. We don't even have to think about having affection for them. Mm-hmm. It's just it's like you hammer your finger and your whole body hurts mm-hmm. when you hear reports of your brothers and sisters in, in some of these nations being persecuted. You feel the Catholicity of the church. Yes, we have as as believers, as Christians, we have more in common. Uh, let me let me put it personally. I have more in common with a believer in China or Nigeria than I do with an unbeliever here in Idaho. Who's mm-hmm. he, maybe even if you have an unbeliever in your family who you yes. were raised with. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. I don't know that that's true about you, but yes. like if I have a flesh and blood family member who's mm-hmm. not a believer, I have more in common with a person a Christian who I've never met than that. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, the last phrase is apostolic. So one holy Catholic apostolic church. What what does that phrase point to? So there's a couple. First of all, we can say there's some things it doesn't refer to. We're not talking about apostolic succession. 
We're not talking Haven't about. Have you seen my business cards? I have the Apostle Josh. <laughs> yeah, the Apostle Josh. I was going to talk to you about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're not talking about an apostolic succession. We're not talking about a, you know, an apostolic in the in terms of uh, the charismatic gifts. Uh, or, that, or Rome. Or, or Rome. Mm-hmm. But we are talking about um, a, a church that is Christ-centered, um, you know, Paul refers to the church being built on as Christ is the foundation, and, you know, and and the foundation of the apostles, as well the prophets and the apostles, prophets, apostles. We're talking about a Christ-centered church, a Bible-centered church, a grace-dependent ministry, a faith, a faith seeking in its evangelism, and a God-glorifying vision. That's apostolic. Yeah, and uh, let's. Let's be clear that the office of apostle no longer exists. Mm -hmm. Um, There are no apostles alive today. Mm -hmm. When we say apostolic, uh, we're referring to the apostles, the original witnesses who wrote the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And we are under their authority so we are under the authority of the original witnesses of Christ and uh, who uh, not only spent time with him but witnessed his uh, resurrection. The Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus witnessed uh, the risen Christ, and uh, we are under their authority. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just read a passage of Scripture, Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also built together into the dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That's the summary of everything we've said. 